Chad and Jay Mansbridge here, lead pastors of Bayside Church International, based here on the south coast of South Australia. Our great passion as a church is to help people to know Jesus and to demonstrate his love, truth and life in everything that we do. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Hello, Bayside Church. It's so good to be with you today. Although I'm not physically there, I can just imagine myself standing in your sanctuary, looking at all your beautiful faces. Wow. Well, it is an honor and a privilege for me to be speaking the word to you right now. I want to thank Pastor Chad, Pastor Jay. I miss you so much. I miss Victor Harbor. I miss Kawa Roasters. I miss all the good food. Rue on the Barbie, all that. <laughs> but um, let me just uh, say this. Maybe not many of you uh, know me. I don't know how many of you have met me. I've, I've met so many beautiful people in Bayside Church. But I just want to tell you the first time that I met your pastor, Pastor Chad. And it was at a Jesus festival. And if you remember, Pastor um, Jimmy, I think it was Pastor Jimmy uh, who introduced us. But he brought you to the Jesus festival. And I can just already in my mind see that day because you walked in in your Bermuda shorts, in your Hawaiian polo, whatever, and you were just like, whoa. And I was like, wow, look at this cool dude, right? So, uh, but that was the first time I saw you, and I remember you and Pastor Giselle meeting up right after. And then the next time was in Hong Kong for the Seeds of Greatness conference, and that's where I met you, Jay. Hello, my fitness partner, Jay. I really miss you. And, uh, and I remember that during that time, that's when we really just got together, shared our hearts, got close, and the rest is history. So you know what, Bayside Church, you have amazing pastors. And I really miss them, and I hope to see you again really soon. So let's just pray before I dive into the word right now. God has just put something in my heart that I believe is going to bless your church. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for this time. I thank you for the word that is going to go forth. I pray I believe, I know it is a word in season for where we are at right now. And I pray for each and every person within the sound of my voice right there in Bayside Church that God is going to speak to you personally. He's going to speak to you beyond the notes uh, on my iPad, beyond the words that I say. He's going to write things on the tablets of your heart, and you are going to go home with a renewed sense of hope. Uh, your faith is going to be stirred up. And I thank you, Father in heaven, that they are going to come out of this stronger in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So let's dive into the word right now. We are going to start with Philippians 3, verse 1. And if you want a title for my message, the title is For Our Safety. For Our Safety. So let's go. I actually have three versions, me being a woman. A lot of words, so a lot of versions are coming out right now. In the New King James, Philippians 3, verse 1, it says, Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. For me to write the same things to you is not tedious, but for you it is safe. So he's saying he's, he's, he's been writing words, instructions in the book of Philippians. There will be this thread, this pattern that you see. And I know you're going through a, a series right now in the book of Philippians. And he says that he's writing the same things to you, and it is not tedious for him because it is for your safety. In the New Living Translation, it says this, Whatever happens, my dear brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. I never get tired of telling you these things, and I do it 
to safeguard your faith. The repetition of these instructions, of these words, are to safeguard your faith. The Amplified Version says this, For the rest, my brethren, delight yourselves in the Lord and continue to rejoice that you are in Him. To keep writing to you over and over of the same things is not irksome to me, and it is a precaution for your safety. Now, you know how us pastors can be. We are going to say things to you over and over and over again. And it's not that because we don't have anything else to say. But when things are repeated, it is because we know it is for your good, it is for your safety, it is for your precaution. And what we can see in the book of Philippians, we're in uh, chapter 3 right now, the book of Philippians, is that the common thread that you would see, and of course there's a lot of themes there that you can pick out, but here we can see rejoicing. Rejoicing is the thread in the book of Philippians and that you see Paul encouraging the Philippian church over and over to rejoice in the Lord. You can see it twice in uh, chapter 1, twice in chapter 2, once here, which I read, you can see rejoice in the Lord. And in the fourth chapter, it is also mentioned twice. Rejoicing in the Lord is mentioned twice. And it is interesting to see the context on which these instructions were given. In chapter 1, in verse 18, the context was people were preaching Jesus out of selfish ambition. They were preaching Jesus to actually add affliction to Paul's chains. But he said, what then? In uh, Philippians 1.18, only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached. And in this, I rejoice. Yes, I will rejoice. Then in, uh, in chapter 2, verse 17 to 18, he says, Yes, and if I am being poured out as a drink offering on the sacrifice and service of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you all. For the same reason, you also be glad and rejoice with me. What was the context of this verse? That even in the midst of his chains and in the sacrifice of the gospel, he still said, you can rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord. And then in chapter 4, he says in verse 4, rejoice in the Lord always. Always. Again, I will say rejoice. And it was written in the context of not being anxious for anything. I'm telling you, Bayside Church, there is power in choosing joy. When you choose joy, it is for your safety. It is to safeguard your faith. It is for your protection. In Nehemiah uh, 8 to 10 in the New King James, it says, Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy, and not just any joy, the joy of the Lord is your strength. And I looked up that word strength, and it means a place or means of safety, it means protection, refuge, it is a stronghold, it is steadfastness, it is a harbor. It actually means protection more than anything else, safety. So when uh, the Bible says in Nehemiah, for the joy of the Lord is your strength, it is actually saying the joy of the Lord is your safety. The joy of the Lord is your refuge. The joy of the Lord is your place of protection. That's powerful. 
and repetition, and we all know this, is a vital, it is a vital part of learning. The more something is repeated, the more it gets written on the tablets of our hearts. The more we do something, it becomes a habit. It becomes a way of life. And if it's so embedded in who you are, if it is so embedded in your soul, it actually becomes your first response. Joy. And you might be thinking, whoa, how can joy even be a first response when everything wrong is going on around me? Well, I want you to see some things about joy that will help us choose joy, even in the hardest of circumstances. All right? Hallelujah. So, the Apostle Paul made no apology about choosing joy in any circumstance. Why is it a safeguard? Why is joy a safeguard? Why was this instruction so important? Because in life, there are things that we will not be able to control. There will be situations, there will be circumstances, there will be things that will hit you that you have no control over. But here's the good news. You might not have control over your circumstance, but you will always have control over your response. Your response to the circumstance, you can control that. You may not be able to control everything, but you can always surrender. That's what you can do. And I think that really gives faith and hope even in times when we don't know what to do anymore. Because there is something we can do, and that is to choose joy. There will be challenges. There will be storms. But even if we cannot control what is happening, we can choose what is happening on the inside of us. Now, imagine this. The Apostle Paul was writing the epistles, and most of it, in prison. And this is where he says to rejoice. A Roman prisoner is telling the people who are free out there, telling the people who are not in chains out there to rejoice. A Roman prisoner. So you can tell that by the way the Apostle Paul was instructing and encouraging over and over again the people to rejoice that it was not about his circumstance, that he wasn't thinking about his circumstance when he was talking about rejoicing in the Lord. So you might be asking me, how can we choose joy? How is it possible to rejoice when our heart is breaking? How is it possible to enjoy peace and joy when everything around us is falling to pieces? Here's the thing. We need to understand that joy is not a feeling. More than anything else, joy is a focus. Joy is a point of view. Joy is a perspective. It is a focus first before it's a feeling. Because emotions and feelings, you know that, they come and go. We can't control our emotions. We see our crush, can't control that. Can't stop that, right? We see somebody we're angry at, like anger all of a sudden rises on the inside of us, right? We can't control it. Now, obviously, we can quench it. We can, you know, say, no, I'm not going to go there. But emotions itself, they come and go. But the good news is you are not your emotions. You are not your feelings. And joy is not a feeling. Because if it was a feeling, we, it would be very hard for us to choose it. But if you look at joy 
as a point of view, if you look at joy as a perspective, if you look at joy as a focus, you can choose that. Because we can always choose to change our perspective. We can always choose to change our focus. It is something that you can choose and have control over. I want to bring you to Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 17 to 19 in the New King James Version. And I want you to see how this is written. It's so beautiful. And this is why I know that joy is not a feeling at all. It says here, starting with verse 17, Habakkuk 3, Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail, and the fields yield no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls, now, let me just stop there for a while. I'm reading through this, and if anybody is going through this, I can just imagine the emotions, the feelings that they are going through, the depression, the anxiety, what they are going through when the fig tree doesn't blossom, when there's no money in their bank account, when their children are sick, when they see their business and nothing is coming in when they're faced with circumstances that are beyond their control, I can just imagine what this person feels right now. And you might be in this place, and you might be feeling it physically. Your emotions are all over the place. But let me continue reading. Because it says here, yet, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I choose to rejoice in the Lord. It doesn't matter what I feel. It's not about my feelings. It's about what I choose to focus on. It's about my perspective. He says, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. I will joy in the God of my salvation. What was the writer doing? Changing his perspective. Because it goes on to say, the Lord God is my strength. He will make my feet like the deer's feet, and he will make me walk on my high hills. Oh, my goodness. All of a sudden, a change of perspective. Yes, I might be lacking here. Yes, things around me might not going the way I want it to go. Yet I will rejoice. Why? Because the Lord God is my strength. Because he's going to get me through this. I am going to go through this. And I love what it says. He will make me walk on my high hills. High heels can be, Jay, with your high heels, you can walk through any storm. <laughs> I remember those heels. Boy, those were high. But here we can see that the writer chose to change his perspective because joy is not the absence of sadness. But joy is the presence of someone who can walk you through the sadness, the emotions, the depression, the anxiety to the other side. This is what joy does. And when we understand, and listen to me, Bayside Church, when we understand that joy is not a feeling, it could be a feeling, but it is a focus first before it can become a feeling. You know, I remember one time, Pastor Giselle and I just going through a tough time in our life, and I remember um, one pastor's conference here in Manila that um, a pastor spoke over us. And this is what he spoke. You know what? The enemy... The enemy is going to 
put obstacles in your way. The enemy is going to put, you know, things that will hinder you. And the enemy will try to hinder you. And I'm like, wow, good word, good word, right? And they said, no, but you are going to laugh your way through it. That's what he said. You're going to laugh your way through it. And I'm receiving, receiving. Well, not soon after that, we did go through a time that our emotions were like all over the place. We did not know what was going on. Things were not going the way that it should have. And I'm like, oh, what are we going to do? Yes, I'm reading the word. And I'm like, but my emotions were getting the most of me. And I remembered <laughs> what this pastor spoke over us. You're going to laugh your way through us. I said, just come here. We're going to laugh. We're just going to laugh. Did we feel like laughing? No. But you know what? I just went, ha, 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 ha. And you know what? The more we did it, all of a sudden it became a feeling. We were rolling with laughter. Giselle and I were just laughing, laughing. And you know what? That burden just lifted. But we had to choose joy. We had to change our perspective. We had to change our point of view. And that is what happens when you choose joy. Eventually it becomes a feeling. Eventually the burden lifts. But first, we have to choose joy. I remember in um, Acts chapter 20, verse 22 to 24. And this is, again, uh, the Apostle Paul. And he, he got instructions uh, from the Lord um, to preach the gospel, to go to Jerusalem. But something was awaiting him there. And in verse 22, it says, And see, now I go bound in the Spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying that chains and tribulations await me. Whoa. Can you imagine? Well, you know what? This is your assignment. You're going to go to this place. Oh, but guess what? It's going to be hard. There's going to be persecution. There's going to be tribulation. I, I would be going, uh, <clears throat> are you sure, God? But look at the Apostle Paul's response. He said, but none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself so that I may finish my race with joy. I'm thinking, wow, superhuman Apostle Paul. What is awaiting him right there are chains and tribulations and hardships. And yet he says, oh, I am going to finish my race with joy. Right then and there, he chose. He chose to say, I don't care what hardship I'm going to go through because I know that the joy of the Lord is my strength, that the joy of the Lord will not make me quit, that the joy of the Lord will not make, will not make me give up, and I will finish my race with joy. Hallelujah. Say that, Bayside Church. I will finish my race with joy. Yes. With joy, hallelujah. And then, and the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. You know, sometimes we don't find joy in the event with what we're going through. I'm not, like, we've been through so much. We know it's hard to find joy in the event. But we can find joy in the guaranteed outcome when we go through it with faith and trust in the Lord. We can find joy in the guaranteed outcome when we go through the trials and tribulations with faith, with thanksgiving, with rejoicing, and with trust in the Lord. I guess it's just the difference about knowing pain with purpose or pain without purpose. <laughs> like pain, who wants pain? Well, sometimes pain is there for a purpose. I do know just from reading some science books that pain is actually your friend. 
Because when you feel pain in your body, you know that something is wrong. When you don't feel pain, it's actually a disease. When you don't feel pain, because you don't know that something is wrong in your body and you, you keep going and then that's it. Your body just breaks down. But pain is a signal to tell you that something's wrong so you can do something about it. And pain also has a purpose. Like, I love working out. Uh, I didn't used to love it, but see, repetition, habit, um, all of a sudden your body looks for it. But working out is pain. <laughs> you feel pain when you work out. You feel pain when you lift heavy weights. So you go through the pain, right? And you're like, oh, and then you wake up the next day and you can't move. You're like, right there. And I know Pastor Chad, Pastor Jay, you know the feeling. The thing is, I will go through the pain because I have joy in the guaranteed outcome of the pain. What is the guaranteed outcome? A healthier body, strong physique, I can fit in my clothes or whatever it is. Oh, you know what? You know what the joy that is set before me when I work out is that I can eat Kyla's chocolate eclairs. I can eat Kyla's cream puffs and everything else that she's baking in the house right now. That is the guaranteed, that the joy is the guaranteed outcome that I can eat that. So pain with a purpose. I'm going to go through it. There's a joy that's set before me. Pain without a purpose. If you don't know, it's like, it's like a, you know, a boulder that just hits you. That's pain without purpose. It's like, what? 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 But how many of you know we can choose to see what we're going through, change our perspective, and say, I'm not going to come out of this bitter. I'm going to come out of this better. This pandemic has really challenged everything I believe in. Challenge it in a way that, okay, God, here we go. You are protector. You are, you know, you are our provider. You are our peace. You are our wholeness. You are the builder of the church. Everything that I knew about God at that point in time was on the line. And I had to choose to change my perspective about this pandemic to say, you know what, God? And I'm not discounting the tragedy. I'm not discounting the deaths. Oh, definitely not. But I can choose to see. This pandemic, this Selah moment is a pause moment where God is downloads, downloading some things in my heart, where he's preparing my heart to re-enter something greater. I can choose to see that. And if I see that, I can find purpose in what I'm going through. And if I find purpose in what I'm going through, I can choose joy because I changed my perspective. Amen. Hebrews 12, 2, it says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. For the joy that was set before Jesus, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For the joy that was set before him. See, joy wasn't about the pain on the cross. Because can you imagine the nails on his hands, the crown of thorns on his head, the side that was pierced. Can you imagine the pain? I mean, really, wh what joy is there physically and emotionally in going through that? But it wasn't about that when he said for the joy that was set before him. There was a purpose to his pain. There was a purpose for the cross to happen. And that purpose was us. We were the joy that was set before him. We were the focus. We were the perspective. We were the point of view. We were why he hung on that cross. And that kept him on that cross. 
He didn't give up. He didn't quit. He didn't go down from the cross because there was a joy, a focus, a point of view, a, a perspective. And that was us. But who is our point of view? Who is our focus? Who is our perspective when we're going through things that we cannot understand? And just as we were his focus, I believe that he needs to be our focus. The joy of the Lord is our strength. It is a joy that comes only from him. It is a joy that comes from knowing who he is, what he has done, and who we are in him. It is a joy that supernaturally comes from a revelation of Jesus. And if we shift our focus and change our perspective into that, I believe we're going to get through whatever circumstance, be it the good, the bad, the ugly, and come out of it on the other side. Joy is not a feeling. It can be. But more than that, it is a focus, a point of view, and a perspective. And it is our safety. This is for our safety because the enemy will want to take you out of the race. The enemy doesn't want you to walk in your call. The enemy wants to distract you, wants to derail you. But the joy of the Lord is your strength. But the joy of the Lord is your safeguard. It safeguards your faith. It protects you. It causes you to remain steadfast. You have a refuge. You have a stronghold. Amen, amen, amen. And God sees our heart. See, some people might say, well, how can you choose joy? Are you a hypocrite? How can you choose joy when your heart is breaking? How can you choose joy? I don't want to be a hypocrite. It's not being a hypocrite. It's choosing to trust God when everything else is falling apart. That's not hypocrisy. That's faith. So I'm not being a hypocrite when I choose joy. Because I can joy in the Lord even when I don't understand what he's doing. Even when sometimes I'm mad at God. Like, God, but you know what, God, I choose to praise. That's authentic relationship. I'm not pretending. I'm not pretending to be okay in front of God. I'm not pretending that everything's good. I'm going before God with my broken heart. I'm going before God with my situation. I'm going before God with my misunderstanding of what he is doing, but I am choosing joy. I am choosing to praise God because I'm shifting my perspective. I'm telling myself, God, you know everything, and you love me. You love me, and you have a plan for me. You have prepared good things for me. So you know what? I might be mad. I might be angry. I, I, uh, but I choose joy. I choose to shift my focus. I choose to shift my perspective. And you know what? It safeguards me. It protects me. It guards my heart. It prevents me from quitting. It prevents me from moving backward, but it causes me to move forward. Amen. Hallelujah. So we need to be intentional. We need to be intentional when we choose joy. We need to be intentional in everything that we do. Again, emotions, feelings, they're wonderful, they're good. But when it comes to joy, we need to understand for us to choose joy, we need to think it's not a feeling it's a focus. Amen. I want to bring you uh, again to another story in Acts chapter 16. I, I still have some time. Because you know what? When you have the joy of the Lord, you, you can access the power of God when you choose to rejoice in him. And we know in Acts chapter 16, we all know this uh, famous uh, verses where Paul and Silas were thrown into a prison. And the prison was not a pretty prison. 
It was a prison that was stinky and smelly, and they were in talks, and they were just beaten up. They were just whipped. This was not a good situation. I mean, rats were all over the place. They were in the deepest dungeon, according to scholars and commentaries. This was not a pretty place. So I'm sure their emotions were anything but happy. But they chose to do something. They chose to praise in verse 25 of Acts 16. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. I looked up that word hymns. You know the hymns? And, and we might think hymns are like, oh, God. Uh. No, I looked at it. It's actually celebratory. Yes! Celebratory songs, songs to celebrate who God is. And it says here that the prisoners were listening. So they were celebrating God and they were not quiet. They were loud. The prisoners heard them. And when they chose joy, when they chose to praise and give thanks, it says suddenly, when you choose joy, there are suddenlies. Suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosed. I love that. That because you choose joy, people get set free. And in this instance, all the prisoners were set free. And the keeper of the prison, awaking from sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword, was about to kill himself. But Paul called with a loud voice saying, do yourself no harm, for we are all here. I, that is so supernatural in and of itself. I mean, can you imagine a prison break anywhere where you are when all of a sudden supernaturally your chains are broken, the cell doors are open. Can you imagine how many prisoners would have taken that chance to flee? and escape. But in this instance, no prisoner escaped. They were all there. I believe joy was so contagious. Joy was so mesmerizing. They were like, I don't want to leave this atmosphere. I need to stay. And I believe they felt more free than they ever have, even when they were out there before prison. They were all there. Oh, I love that. Then he called for a light, ran in, and fell down, trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? I loved it. When you choose joy, people will wonder what you have. Can you imagine rejoicing in the midst of an impossible situation? People are going to look to you and say, what do you, what do you have? I want what you have. How can you be rejoicing with tears coming down your face? How can you still be praising God? And people will want what you have. So they said, believe on the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. And we know the story. The household of the jailer was saved and he rejoiced. It says that he rejoiced and believed God with all of his household. When we choose joy, it's not just for ourselves. It's not just for our safety. But it affects others. Who knows who you affect? Who knows what things change? When you choose joy. Hallelujah. Amen. Ooh, the joy of the Lord is our strength. It is our safeguard. It causes us to stay the course. It's a powerful force that protects us from giving up, from throwing in the towel. No matter what happens, what is the song of your soul? Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, my soul, my mind, my will, my emotions. 
bless the Lord. I choose to bless the Lord, oh my soul. I choose to change my perspective. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. All that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Forget not all his benefits. This is what you do. When everything around you seems to be falling apart, you change your perspective. You tell your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. Let God redeem your soul. What is the song of your soul in a time where everything is crazy, <laughs> which is what's been going on in the last four or five months? What is the song of your soul? I pray it is a song of joy. I pray that your soul leads you to rejoice. Your soul leads you to praise God. Your soul leads you to thank God. Even when your emotions are out of whack, we can still choose joy. And the Apostle Paul made sure that in every chapter, he repeated the same instruction to create a habit, to keep us safe, so we wake up and we can expect because we can always choose joy. We can't control what's going on around us, not all the time. But we can always control our response to the situation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, let me end with these verses. In Philippians chapter 3, verse 12 to 16, as, um, you know, as we are uh, going into chapter 3, I know you've gone through... Uh, Verse, uh, chapter 1, chapter 2, now you're at chapter 3, and I want to read the last part of it. It says here in the Passion Translation, I admit that I haven't yet acquired the absolute fullness that I'm pursuing, but I run with passion into his abundance so that I may reach the purpose that Jesus Christ has called me to fulfill and wants me to discover. I do not depend on my own strength to accomplish this. However, I do have one compelling focus. I forget all the past as I fasten my heart to the future instead. I run straight for the divine invitation of reaching the heavenly goal and gaining the victory prize through the anointing of Jesus. So let all who are fully mature have the same passion. And if anyone is not yet gripped by these desires, God will reveal it to them. And let us all advance together to reach this victory prize following one path with one passion. There was one focus in the Apostle Paul, and that was Jesus. Jesus was his joy. Jesus was his delight. Jesus was his strength. He found safety in the joy of the Lord, and this is how we choose joy. So let, let me pray for you, Bayside Church. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for each and every person right now. I can just imagine your church, Pastor Chad, Pastor Jay. And seeing each and every person in the pew. And God wants to speak personally to you. That no matter what you are going through, you can choose joy. You are empowered to choose joy. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Greater is the force that is in you. The fruit of the spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. All of that is found on the inside of you. Greater is he that is in you. And you can choose to tap on the inside, on your spirit man. Choose to tap into that spirit man and produce that joy. I see fountains right now. I see fountains rising up from each and every heart. 
a fountain of joy. The Bible says that out of your heart flow the issues, the forces of life. And joy is a force. And I see this joy as a strength and a force coming out. So when garbage and trash and um, adverse situations and wrong believing tries to clog your heart, that force of joy will push it out. So I declare that. Choose joy every day, all the time. The Apostle Paul said it over and over and over again. Choose joy. Why? It is for your safety. So in the name of Jesus, I declare you are empowered to choose joy. So go forth in peace and joy in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless you, Bayside Church. Thank you so much, Pastor Chad, Pastor Jay, for giving me this awesome and amazing privilege to be with you all. I love you. I can't wait to see you again. God bless you. I hope you've enjoyed today's message. Remember to check us out at baysidechurch.org.au. And of course, if you're ever in the area, please pop in and say good day. Bye.